0: Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of Song Chat with Michael Schnall. Brought to you by our sponsors today, Tom's Live Wasp's quarterly subscription service found at wasp and our mainstay Totino's Pizza Rolls. Today we're going to be talking about a 40-point Roderick Casile Stark list. So this list is intended to just stack out as much vulnerable as we possibly can uh, to basically make use of Roderick's tactics cards in that regard. So looking at his tactics cards to start off, we have Martial Superiority. When an enemy unit attacks, that attack rolls minus two dice and loses any abilities until the end of the turn. If they're attacking Roderick Cacille's unit, that enemy also becomes weakened. So this one here is going to shut down a lot of things and um, is basically his defensive card. Uh, A lot of the list we have is going to be very fragile. So reducing the number of attacks and also taking away any of their nasty abilities like well, really anything, is just going to be a great benefit. Uh, The secondary here, if they're attacking Roderick's skills unit that become weakened, that's going to be further keeping them alive. The one unit that we have stuck him in is a unit of Great Axes in order to um, kind of keep uh, them on the table more, so this is going to help them out there. Next card we have for Roderick is going to be Combat Prowess. When a friendly unit attacks or charges a vulnerable enemy, until the end of the turn, the defender loses all abilities and opponent may not play tactics cards. If targeting Roderick's skills unit, the defender also becomes panicked. This is one thing that I want to mention early on, is that a lot of Roderick's tactics cards do not stipulate that they have to be used on melee units, and a lot of people overlook this. So Roderick actually makes a fair amount of use of ranged attacks, and this is one such example. If you have a unit uh, using range that is attacking an enemy, then... They're going to get all the benefits of this card, aka they're going to lose all abilities not playing tactics cards. This is exceptionally useful if you're doing something like taking your Stark Bowman and attacking something like Lannister uh, Guardsman, who you'd usually have to worry about a small degree of Lannister supremacy since your Bowman don't have the best morale. This is going to help you bypass that. Uh, this actually is a kind of a reason why you might want to take Roderick and actually put him in a ranged unit. Now, I have made variations of this list that does so. I did not for this one. But it's actually a fine choice to stick him in something um, like Stark Bowman or actually uh, House Bolton Bastards Girls because they're a combined ranged and melee unit. They can make better use of this card and his others in conjunction of his abilities. If you stick Roderick in a unit of Bowman, then you're kind of wasting out on the fact that his attachment... Uh, Abilities really want to be used in melee, so you're kind of losing there. Which is why I like sticking him in a unit of Bastards, Girls, in some list. Not this one, but that's another list for another day. The final Roderick card we have is Press the Advantage. When a friendly unit attacks a vulnerable enemy, this attack gains critical blow. If, tar- if this targets Roderick skills unit, critical blow instead triggers on rolls of 5+. This is another example here that people overlook. This card works on ranged attacks. So your Bowman here can be throwing out 10 dice, re-rolling potentially with some effects, and gaining critical blow. That's a ton of damage they can put out. And again, a further justification as to why you can potentially stick Roderick in a range unit and have, to have that work out for you. But that's just a general overview of his. Let's go over the actual list now that we have. Starting off, we have two units of House Bolton Cutthroats. These are vanilla. I like throwing them in there just because they kind of do everything that... Uh, Roderick wants to do, and that's throwing out vulnerable. This is also going to give you a source of vicious in the list, so you're going to help to bypass some of those heftier uh, morale-based armies. So if you're playing against Nightwatch, if you're playing against Free Folk, this is going to doubly punish them. And they just really synergize so well with Roderick. Uh, They've got a ton of attacks, and again, they just got naturally built in ways of giving the opponent vulnerable. This list is also going to have a good focus on the activation order. because your opponent's going to be hard-pressed here because you have cutthroats that if they attack an enemy that has not activated, they're going to make them vulnerable. You're also going to be throwing in some Crown Wardens, uh, which we'll see later in the list, which are going to further manipulate the order in which your opponent's going to have to choose what to activate, and it's going to give you some very easy targets to pick to hopefully just burn down really quickly. So if core of this list is two units of House Bolton Cutthroats coming in at 10 points, very cheap throwaway. You know, don't stick any uh, attachments in them. They're just in there to be cheap damage-dealing units. Send them forward, let them kill something, and don't worry about them too much. Uh, The next unit we have is actually Roderick's own unit, and we are sticking him in a unit of House Umber Great Axes. This is going to be your anvil unit for the army, your kind of your center here. And this is just because this unit is going to be very hard to dislodge and get rid of, and it's going to be very deadly for your opponent to actually devote resources to go and engaging them. Because if they get stuck in a prolonged combat with these guys, your guys are just going to kind of maintain the same damage output. But because they've got Roderick in that unit, who is giving his abilities of making the Defender vulnerable, which, yes, I know doesn't really help them with their their Executioner's Fury attack. But really, with this unit, you're going to go for more of the uh, Mighty Cleave than you are anything else. Because with Roderick's Exposed Opening, you're going to be able to re-roll your misses, you're going to make the defender vulnerable, and then for every hit you generate, or sorry, for every um, failed defense save that the opponent generates, they're going to take another hit. So you're going to be using that Great Cleave far more than the Executioner's Fury attack, depending on the situation. Of course, if you're up against something that has a 2-plus save, like Flayed Men or whatnot, then, you know, you might want to be using Executioner's Fury. But most of the time, with this specific setup, you're going to be using Mighty Cleave. So, just again, use your best judgment. There's never any just baseline answer to I'm always going to use this or this. Next unit we have is going to be a unit of Stark Bowman with a Kranigman Warden. This is one of my favorite units for the Starks, just because I really like the efficiency that it brings. You're throwing up to 10 dice, you're potentially rerolling all those. And again, pointing out with Roderick's cards, they're going to gain all the benefits and effects here. So, you can shut down enemy defensive abilities if you need to. You can give them critical blow to really get a number of hits in there. You know, it's just a fantastic and just solid unit, especially in this army here. Um, nothing really much to say about them. They're just generally good. If you want some more tactics for Bowman, you can check out the specific podcast that's going the deep dive into that unit particularly. The next one here is a unit that actually might surprise people but it's one that i really like in a roderick list and that's the unit of house Bolton bastards girls with the krannigman warden now i've already spoken previously about how much i like running uh the bastards girls in starks in general because you get access to the krannigman warden but more so in a roderick list because of all the reasons i said as to why they're good of range units and as to why they're good of melee units you just combine that into a single just package here with the bastards girls so in general With the Bastard's Goals and the Warden, you're going to potentially be able to reroll two attacks worth of dice if the opponent hasn't activated. In addition to this, the unit innately has a way to throw out vulnerable, which is something that Roderick already wants. You have your tracker's bow, which is if the defender rolls a 1 on any of the defense safes in the attack, they're going to become vulnerable. Roderick already has means of making targets vulnerable already. So the thing is you can attack, expend the vulnerable token to make them re-roll the defense dice. And if they roll a one, congrats, they become vulnerable again. So you can kind of self-perpetuate that cycle. In addition to this, they can charge after they uh, make a ranged attack. So you can get in there, get two attacks in, get two panic tests in, and a lot of Roderick's cards are going to trigger for the rest of the turn. So that is another benefit here. Uh, For example, his martial superiority attack. Um, I'm sorry not that one his combat prowess attack it's until the end of the turn the defender is going to lose all their abilities and they can't play tactics cards so that means they're gonna to have to weather down two attacks two full attacks without being able to respond with anything that's you know going to hurt you in any way this is also again another reason why I like sticking Roderick in a unit you of know bastard zeroes is because the defender would also become panicked and you know the bastard girls don't have any innate abilities on their own so you know giving them anything like that is just going to be great uh, in addition to this you also have you know, Press the Advantage, which you can play on either one of their ranged uh, melee or ranged attacks, which is going to cause that critical blow. Now, granted, oftentimes you're going to want to play on the melee attack, but it just depends on the situation. There might be something you don't really want to get engaged with, so you just want to stick back and shoot them and make them vulnerable. Uh, capping off this list, we have our two NCUs that we've taken, Edward Stark and Caitlin Stark um so for Eddard, be this list is very fragile here it can get burned down very quickly and it's really about raw aggression and offense so Eddard here is going to help you to get that sustained aspect in because you actually have a pretty good morale across the um well about half your units the bastards girls have a five plus so they're going to be passing a lot of checks they're going to be targeting often or sorry charging often so they can potentially heal themselves up uh you have your bolt and cutthroats which are going to be a bit of a problem, but the thing is, they're going to need some healing, so that's why, you know, you have Ederd in here. And then our second NCU, we have Caitlyn. Caitlyn is in here for the reason you put Caitlyn in any list, because you want to roll more attack dice and, okay, secondary effect, remove condition tokens. But as I mentioned about this list, it is very aggressive based, but it's also fairly fragile. And Caitlyn's just going to help you stay in the fight longer uh, here because she's going to allow you to throw back your maximum number of attack dice. And that's going to be useful on your Bolton Cutthroats to throw them back up to eight dice, hitting on threes, making the opponent vulnerable, getting that Vicious in. The Great Axes, that's not really going to be the biggest benefit for them in the world, but like most Starks, they're going to get benefits if they get reduced down to one rank. So if you're going to live on that Razor's Edge style thing, then you can reduce them down to one rank, their attack's going to get a critical blow, and then you'll be able to attack with your full maximum number of dice because of Caitlin. I wouldn't recommend, you know, banking on that as a strategy, but it's probably going to happen at some point. So you might as well take advantage of it. The combination of Caitlyn and Eddard also means that you have a lot of manipulation as far as where your wounds are. Eddard can heal up select units. Caitlyn can make them attack with maximum capacity. So you've got different options there. And because of the way your units work, and in general the Starks work, you know, you're going to kind of want to have your guys with a little bit of damage on them, but then also, you know, you don't want them to just die, so you have to work that around. Now, some variations of this list. If you don't like running Bolton cutthroats, you can absolutely run House Stark sworn swords. That's going to push you more toward the direction of okay, let me deal some damage with my guy, get some damage on my guys, and get some extra benefits up. But again, in that comparison of those two units, I really like the cutthroats in this situation more than I do the um, sworn swords, specifically because again they are throwing down vulnerable. And I really feel with this list, you just want to go full ham on the offense. Uh, and in that situation, I like the cutthroats a little bit more. If you want to go a little bit more defensive or you're worried about, you know, okay, well, my guys aren't the most sustained in the world. You can switch these guys out for Sworn Swords if you would like. The NCUs definitely favor them as uh favor that as a tactic because you've got Caitlin, you have Eddard, you can sustain them up. But I figure, you know, in this situation, just go all out. But really, in that case, it's going to be a personal preference. If you want to go a little bit more defensive, you can swap those out for Sworn Swords. If you want to go more aggressive, keep them in there as cutthroats. The Umber Great Axes in there, you can switch them out for Berserkers if you want to just go more offense. I personally really like the sustained aspect of keeping Roderick in a unit of Great Axes versus Berserkers. Because Berserkers are kind of one of those units that you're going to send out there. They're going to deal a bunch of damage, but they're going to get killed pretty quick i mean that's just the baseline nature of it we already have two units in there with the cutthroats that suffer from that so i really want more of an anvil unit in there and that's why we have the great axes now if we want to go a full defensive unit we could use house tully sworn shields but the thing about them is that their damage output even with roderick there is just not going to be nearly as high as the great axes so i'd rather sacrifice that little bit of defense to get more offense specifically because again our ncu selection we have Kalen and eddard to units fight at max capacity so as long as they just don't get burned down and killed out entirely they're going to work you know and help out you know with a lot of capacity here the sworn swords are going to be better at holding objectives but i want to make the opponent really just suffer for attacking me and so that's why i've got the great axes in there the Stark Bowman with the kranigman Warden, I feel that that's just such a solid unit in this list. That's the one thing that I really wouldn't swap out for anything. And in fact, if you want to go even more, you could add a second unit of those in because they just synergize so well on their own and with what Roderick does. So if you're not a fan of like the Bastards Girls, which I do recommend trying in this list, at least give them a shot here because they really just are like the perfect storm of combining everything that Roderick wants to do when you stick that Crannogman Warden in with them that I really just feel they're a fantastic unit for this list. But if you want to go with just a more traditional, okay, um, I want more dedicated range units, feel free to swap them out with a Kranogbin Warden and a uh, u- another unit of Bowman. Uh, I feel that if you double down on the unit of Bowman, though, then you're probably going to want to run a couple more like cheaper melee units just to tie things up. And then you're really kind of changing the overall structure of the list. You're kind of changing it to this whole uh, spam cheap units into melee and then shoot them with Bowman, which is fine. I just feel that with Roderick, you know, there are they're better options because you really don't want to bank everything on your tactics cards that you're playing because that is kind of a, uh, a way you can lose list is just, or lose games, is an over-reliance on specific tactics cards. So that's just a pitfall to avoid there. As far as switching out NCU options, if you want to run a little bit more control, you could switch out something for Varus. But again, keep a note on your neutral uh, point limits. We're at 20, so you're going to have to work the list around a bit to fit. Um, Roderick can run control fairly well because, again, you're shutting down abilities on both the attack, on defense. So if you stick something like Varus in there to help you get some extra little bit of control on the tactics side of things, that works out pretty well. If I was gonna switch out one of the NCUs there, I'd switch out Caitlyn. Um, I would keep Edward in there just because with the amount of fragile units we're running, we really want our guys to be able to heal back up. And I think that's really crucial. Uh, As a lot of people know, I'm also a big fan of Sansa, just because the ability to pull any specific tactics cards you want at any key time is super good. But you'll notice in this list, I am not running her. And that is because while Roderick's cards are universally just very useful, he doesn't have a lot of ones that are, oh my god, this is a clutch play that I need to play this card at this specific time to get this big grandiose effect. You know, like some of the other cards, like um, if you're running Eddard Stark as your commander, his cards can be not more situational, but have a bigger impact in specific situations. I think Roderick's cards are not as flashy. They're just kind of workhorse cards where they just do good stuff when they do good stuff. And that's kind of what I want to get back to uh, talking about an over-reliance on tactics cards. Some commanders are going to have those cards that have big flashy plays that you're going to play them down. And it's going to be like, oh crap, this is the turning point of the game. Roderick is just going to have a steady stream of useful effects um, throughout the course of the game. So there's not a single card that you know your opponent is going to go, man, I really need to look out for this card. Um, as with, you'd see with some other commanders. But Roderick's cards are just going to be, I've got a bunch of useful tools here that I can use in a variety of situations, and they're not super flashy, but damn are they efficient every time I use them. And that's something to note about Roderick's general playstyle, is that aside from just tossing out a ton of vulnerable, his, uh, his general stuff is that I just have consistent answers and that's actually probably one of the reasons why i don't see him fielded as much is because a lot of people like seeing those big flashy plays happen You're like you know oh, man i'm gonna play my take the black and it's gonna really swing the game even though i really haven't seen that card swing the game too much um or you know i'm gonna play Tyrion, and i'm just gonna start manipulating all your activations and every time i do it you're just gonna get pissed off at me those type of effects people remember roderick just kind of Nonchalantly in the background, just goes, okay, I'm just going to win this game. Okay, that was nice. I'm just going to win this next game. All right, carrying on. So it's kind of low key in that, but I really like Roderick as far as the Stark Commanders go because his cards are just efficient and consistent. Nothing big, nothing flashy, but you just get the job done. And when you're running an army built around that, it's very hard for your opponent to deal with at times because there's no key thing that they can remove that is going to shut down your overall engine. Because, Roderick, everything in this list here is just throwing down vulnerable on you. So your defense is almost going to be non-existent. But there's no single aspect of this list that you can target, burn down, and remove that's going to stop any of that. Okay, you killed my cutthroats. Congrats, you killed some five-point cheap units. I've got more. Okay, your cavalry came back and they killed my bowmen. All right, that's fine. I've got, you know, my cheap melee units that have probably been doing workhorse, you know, things the entire time you've been doing that. Also, you've got cavalry, which are big and expensive. All right, I'm continuing to throw down vulnerable on them, and I can also shut off their abilities. So their attacks? Oh, you've got lances or something because you're running Knights of Casterly Rock? Oh, congrats, you're not doing anything to me because I've thrown down martial superiority. So, you know, there's taking down some dice from you and making you lose all abilities. You know it's just you have consistent answers and there's nothing that your opponent can do to any aspect of your list that you're really going to care about i mean okay let's even say like you're in a area that everyone is taking varus all right well congrats you don't really care about your ncus or you know what you're claiming that often because he can't shut he can shut down Eddard, and he can shut down caitlin but those effects are just kind of secondary i mean You know, they're not going to have the biggest impact. They're just going to be minor little buffs. We're taking NCUs in this list heavily because we, you know, we need to, and we like running the tactics board. But frankly, there's not a lot of the tactics board area or any of the NCU effects that Roderick really cares about because he's running off the strength of his combat units. I actually feel in this list you could probably get away with running one NCU and throw another combat unit in there, and that actually might be a better list for Roderick um, now that I'm thinking back on it. I know a lot of people shy away from running one NCU in this point level, but frankly, I think having the extra combat activation might be more beneficial. So in this situation here, I might want to just, you know, take out Caitlyn and one of the attachments and stick in another five-point unit of Sworn Swords or Cutthroats. Actually, in this case, I would, I think two units of Cutthroats are enough. I would stick in another unit of, oh, sorry, a unit of Sworn Swords. Uh, I would love to find another point somewhere to stick in a, uh, sword and sword captain in there but i just don't think i'm going to find it but even then a vanilla unit is going to be fine and that's something to also consider the last thing i want to mention here when you're running roderick is that in general the stark tactics cards and roderick's own cards make a vanilla unit just a fantastic investment so don't think you have to run anything big or flashy to make this work The only kind of bigger attachment that I would really like to fit somewhere in this list would be Robb Stark, and that's specifically because he's going to give me access to Grey Wind, who is going to give me another way to give my opponents vulnerable, and another activation. So I feel that if you're going to go for any more expensive Stark attachments, that's the one I would go with, versus, say, Bran or Hodor, or anything like that. Just because, again, extra activation and more vulnerable is going to be nice. And again, it's creating more threats for your opponent that they're going to have to deal with, But even if they get rid of, it's not going to hurt you that much. And that's really the final thing I want to hammer back in. Probably the fifth time I've mentioned this point is that why would I run this list? Because you have a consistent damage output. You've got consistent answers to a lot of problems. And there's no, no single aspect of your list that your opponent can just remove. And your overall strategy will crumble. So you don't have anything big. You don't have anything flashy. You just have consistency. And that is a strength of its own right. So try out this list. Tell me what you think, and then let me know what you guys want to see next, and we'll talk about something completely different next time. So, guys, until then, take care.